everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Sunday night Bible study on TalkShoot. Appreciate all you guys being there in the chat room as usual. It's good to see your faithfulness, and I appreciate it from the depths of my heart. How you doing there, Brother David? I'm thankful to be here again and looking forward to tonight. Amen, brother. Amen. We'll see what the Lord's got for us here shortly. Um, yeah. uh, I was going to ask a question. I mentioned it before the program started. To you guys in the chat room, our brother David, brother Kevin, anybody that wants to answer it, I'll ask you this. When do you think that the apostles received the Holy Ghost? Do you, do you like it that everybody teaches, do you think it was in Acts chapter 2? Is that what you would say? I'm going to ask that question and see if anybody has got an answer. And I've already given the answer away before the program started, if anybody was listening. When Peter made a confession that Jesus no, was the rock, no, 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 he said it by the Holy Ghost, but he wasn't probably baptized. Nope, it ain't got nothing to do with baptism. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm fixing to share. see. I would be I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up to you guys, okay? Because ninety nine point nine nine percent of the what you call Christendom out there, and I say that very loosely, they teach everybody. The ones that do teach doctrine teach that it was in Acts chapter two. Well, I'm going to show you that it wasn't. Oh, Jesus told them to receive the Holy Ghost when he visited them. Ah, yeah, you're 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 slick, David. You you know why I got you in John twenty now, don't you? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I gave the answer away before we even started. Uh, yeah. Okay. Nobody wrote the answer down, Brother Kevin. Did this? John twenty twenty two, by the way. 
Okay. Yeah, it is. There it is. <laughs> he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Not the Holy Ghost, brother. Holy Ghost. Okay? It's both. You don't put emphasis on one. It's the same word. Just Holy Ghost. <laughs> Picking at okay. you, David, okay? okay? Your roots are showing, brother. <laughs> Your roots are showing. Okay. Uh, yeah, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I, they all say it, brother. All the, the bunch from Brownsville, that was their deal. You, you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. They put the emphasis on the H-O and then trail the rest off. Anyway. I think Catholics do, too. Mm, I hadn't dealt with that many Catholics, brother, so and on a on a spiritual, but on a um, biblical basis, I've dealt with many, many, many Catholics that were converted over to real Christianity, but not any as far as the hierarchy goes, okay? Mm, okay. But anyway, before we go and read this, let me make a few statements. There's some of the brethren out there, and they argue about this all the time, and I started to bring it up in Acts 2, and I said, no, I'm not going to do it. But it raises a question. It raises questions. Raises questions. Now, I don't know if the Holy Spirit will put those questions in your mind like he has mine, but it sure makes you wonder about a lot of things. Why would John... See, John writes his gospel in full view of everything else that's been written, folks. Why didn't anybody else mention that, you know? When the Lord promised them they would receive the gift of that which is promised from on high in Acts 1. Well, who was he talking to the apostles to? Yes, he was, see? So why would they have to receive something again? See, I'm trying to get you to get your doctrine straight. If they received it back then in John 20, which we're fixing to read, why would they have to receive it again in Acts 2? There is an answer to this. I gave you the answer the other night. Don't know if you can see. This is where our charismatic brethren get all bum-puzzled. See, they want to all Acts 2, Acts 2, Acts 2 till their eyeballs are crossed and they don't know the rest of the book. So let's go and read John after you open us in a word of prayer, brother. Brother David, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, brother. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you again tonight. We corporately come to you. Father, and in the name of Jesus, we again ask that the Holy Spirit teach us the Scriptures tonight and that they mo you use the Scriptures to mold us, to form us to the image of Jesus Christ and to make us desirous of fulfilling your will and your call on our life. And we pray that, that that call on our life is fulfilled. Whatever the work that you want us to do is, that that work be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. And I pray tonight that people that are being called would begin to realize what they're supposed to do for you, that the work they're supposed to do, regardless of the circumstances they're in, that they would begin to get the vision and begin to pray and work towards that, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I pray that Pastor Don would 
be free of pain this week and especially tonight and that he'd get some good night sleeps this week. And I ask this, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, whom we desire to serve more perfectly, and in his holy name, the name of Jesus, I pray, amen, and so be it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to hit two doctrines here instead of just one. I brought this up many times before, so I'll get Brother David to start uh, in verse 11 at the paragraph mark when it talks where it talks out but Mary stood at the sepulcher. Uh, well, just start reading it verse 1. Brother, it's all so good. Let's just start okay. reading it verse 1. John 20 verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. Oh, by the way, that other disciple is John. Okay? Yes. Go ahead, brother. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon and Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not not the sepulcher, that he must rise again no, no, from no, no, the no, dead. No, 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 that's a scripture, brother, the scripture. Oh, sorry. For they knew not the scripture. Yes, running over there too fast. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. You know what? The Lord walked with these guys for three years, and they still didn't. How many times have I told you that as we've come through the Gospels? I, mean, I told you that they don't have a clue. They have no spiritual understanding. You can't have spiritual understanding without the Spirit of God in you, folks. They didn't have it. They still didn't understand. Okay? They still had no clue what all was going on. That's the reason they didn't believe like they should have. They were, you know, in their own human way trying to reason it around, and one of them absolutely refused to. That was Thomas. We'll see that shortly. Watch the wording close. Apply these verses to the, what you're supposed to know from the rest of the scriptures. Okay? You don't tell you, there's no one scripture you pull out of context, okay? It has to go along with the other scriptures in the book to make a doctrine, contrary to what a lot of people out there try to do. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 10. Then the disciples went again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, 
where the body of Jesus had lain. I wonder where he's at. I wonder why his body's gone. See, if you was reading down here, would you automatically think, well, he's risen? Yeah. Well, why is he not there? Where is he at? See, you got to answer that with the Scripture, not with your cockamamie what you've been taught. You answer it with the Scripture. So, where does the Scripture tell us where he's at? You say, he, he's up to right hand. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. Turn to Ephesians, brother. Okay. Read where he went. <laughs> Contrary to the ones that try to make Luke 16 a parable. Okay. See, that's the way. one of the ways you know it's not a parable. When he gets there, when Brother David, I think it's Ephesians 3, brother, where it says... He, he that led captivity to captivity, you know. You know where it's at, yeah. don't you? Okay. But um, if there's no Abraham's bosom and there's nothing in the center of the earth, okay, if there's no three-pronged compartments like the, the whole Bible teaches, okay, where'd he go? Who who preached to the spirits in prison? See, they won't te- they won't te- they'll make up some cockamamie crap about a parable. But Luke 16 gives us the skivvy on where the Lord went. And Peter adds on to it in his epistles. Okay? And Paul just plainly comes out and gives you everything. Brother David, go ahead and read it. Let's find out where he was at. And second, find it. I think it's Ephesians 3, brother. It may be Ephesians 4. Let me see. Go look myself. I'll have it in my brain, but that's one of them. You found it? Um, Now he ascended. That's it. That's it. Start the verse above above that and then continue on down through there. Okay. Ephesians 4, 8. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower ah, part what of word the earth. did you just hear there? What one word did you hear there? Descended. First. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. First. Go ahead, in the lower parts of the earth, go ahead. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. You got that, folks? You got that? Peter tells you he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Matthew chapter 27 tells you that the the bodies of some of the saints, the Old Testament saints, arose and walked through the streets. He, and Ephesians tells you that he led, he went down and led captivity captive, those that were captive. Where were they captive at? Abraham's bosom, Luke 16. My, 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 my. How the scripture can sure straighten up a funky education if you just let the scriptures answer the scriptures. 
and you put them together. But you got to know the book to do that. Okay? You can't just waltz in and listen to somebody that sounds good and can give a bunch of scripture, all right? And just believe everything they say. That includes me. You have to check it out for yourself because the Spirit of God is the ultimate teacher. I can guide you, okay? But I'm just a man. The Holy Ghost is the one that does the teaching. Now, you check out all the Scriptures, and if they're talking about the same thing, you know that it's the truth. You let the book answer those questions. Assumptions are assumptions. They're like something else on our anatomy. We've all got one, okay? Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Okay? So back to John, brother, and let's read. Let's read what happened here with Mary and the Lord. Verse 10. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And see it, two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. She still, she, they did, they still, they're still serving a dead Lord. See, this is what's so wonderful. This is what's so wonderful about Christianity, folks. Without the resurrection, you have no religion. Uh, okay? Every major religion in the world, you can find their, the, the one that founded their religion. Okay? You can go grab one of their bones or where they're buried. Okay? Ours is the only quote-unquote, religion, that the founder is gone. And like I've said before, I recommend you read the book Who Rolled the Stone Away by a Northeastern lawyer that spent his life digging through every archive and everything trying to prove the resurrection wrong, okay? He was an atheist, an atheist lawyer. The name of the book is Who Rolled the Stone Away. You can get it in paperback. Probably get it on Amazon.com. Be worth your read. Without the resurrection, you have no Christianity. Every aspect about the resurrection is so fantastic and wonderful. Oh, we know that. Whole Do you really? Do you ever think about that? Well, then why don't you believe in praying? You mean you believe that your founder came up from the grave? Do you really believe that? Hmm? Well, why don't you act like it? Hmm? Why don't you act like he rose from the dead? That's supernatural. That's an act done by God the Father. Well, if he did that act, don't you think he can do some more as well? Don't you think he answers prayer? 
don't you think when the rest of the book describes that and tells you to surrender your body a living sacrifice to serve him? Don't you reckon that's something you should try to work toward if you can't do it all of a sudden? Shouldn't that be your goal? See what I'm saying? This resurrection, Paul said, if Christ be not risen, our our faith is vain, your faith is vain, we're dead in our sins, okay? And of all men most miserable. But like I said, it's one of the, it's one of the best attested to and proven facts over and over and over again. But the world don't want you to know that. They like you to serve a baby Jesus on Baal's birthday. See, they like that Jesus. Oh, they'll talk about it on G-Vision. Oh, they'll talk about Baal's birthday and the baby Jesus. See, they'll talk about lowly Jesus, meek and mild, but they won't talk about the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world and the one that comes back as the King of kings and Lord of lords to whoop butt and take names. See, as long as you keep him in a manger or keep him swishing around in Jerusalem, giving proverbs and, and speaking in eloquent language, the lovely Jesus, they don't mind that. See, it's when you get personal with them. That's when they buck. That's when they buck. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 14. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? let's, 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 Let's dissect this verse. Verse 14. And when she had thus said, she turned... She turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. So he's pulled he's pulled one of those disguise acts like he did on the guys on the road to Emmaus. Okay? He pulled one of those deals. Guess who else would be able to pull one of those deals one of these days? You and I. For what reason? I don't know what we'd use it for, unless it's going to be used during a during the kingdom age for some reason. I would imagine that we'll be able to do the same thing. We're going to be just like him. That's what John says and what Paul says. Have a body just like his. As the angels. Just like the Lord. Next verse, brother. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Now I want you to watch in verse 15. He calls her woman, and she can't tell who he is. She don't know who he is. She's looking right at him. She don't know who he is. Watch what happens in verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, 
Rabboni, which is to say, Master. <laughs> what happened? Jesus. What happened, David? Uh, Jesus opened her eyes when he called her name. He called her name. He called her personally. Mm-hmm. Said Mary. And then her eyes were uh, opened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. Verse 17, brother. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto the Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. Now, you see, where in the world has he been? (laughs) Where in the world has he been? Well, I done gave you the answer. The Bible's got the answer. If you just got to believe what you're reading, don't let somebody try to put one of their private interpretations on you, okay, to spin their yarn. He said, you couldn't see, Christ is the vicarious atonement for you and I. Therefore, everything about him was pure at this time, okay? He hasn't yet taken back the blood to the mercy seat and presented himself to the Father. That's why Mary can't touch him because she's a sinner and she would defile him. He has to go back first to the mercy seat, the heavenly mercy seat, and deposit the blood that taketh away the sin of the world for you and for I. And that's why she wouldn't let him. So you'll read over that and say, well, I don't guess he just won't know. Well, watch what happens. Because we just did within a few hours, you'll see a change. So however far the we are from where the Lord is right now, from the time that he tells her not to touch him, that he hadn't ascended yet, He ascends and comes all the way back down in whatever time period this is. I want you to pay Remember that as we're reading down through here. Okay? How do I know that? You're going to see it. Okay? You're going to see what I'm telling you is true. Because everything changes in a matter of hours. So however far it is to the Father in the throne room, he went there and back in a short period of time. Continue reading, Brother David. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst. The same day. Did you catch it? Didn't know what it said, Brother David. Yes, it did, right at the beginning of the verse. The the same same day. day. So however far, whatever dimensional warp, whatever, however the Lord does it, we'll find out one of these days. That's how it don't take take all that long. It's going away, it travels, you know. Probably just peeks right through a dimensional doorway. Like, you know, the windows in heaven it talks about in Genesis that everybody tries to tell you is a parable. It's figurative, allegory, metaphor. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Didn't take him long to get through one of them windows, did it? The very same day. And watch what happens when he gets back. Continue on, Brother David. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said, had so said, he shewed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Oh, there you go. So these 11 received the Holy Ghost in John 23. Ain't no, ain't no 40 days done past, and they're standing at the Mount of Olives where he's fixing to be taken up from among them in Acts chapter 1 like uh, Brother Luke tells us about. This ain't none of this happened yet. But they received the Holy Ghost here. Well, they some of the brethren out there that just, they, 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 this is all they'll talk about. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to bring it to y'all's attention because, like I told you, 99.9% .9 of everybody thinks that they received the Holy Ghost on Pentecost. That's not what the Bible says. Not the disciples. Not the apostles. Okay, the apostles. Excuse me, let me be frank. The apostles. And only 11 of them. Say, what are you talking about? Watch what happens. Continue, brother. There's one of them that ain't there. Go ahead. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Ah, what a good old Catholic verse. <laughs> The Pope makes a living on that. So do the priests. This is where they get it from, folks. This is where they get the confessional from. This is where they get paying penance and paying all that. What is that stuff called, David? Uh, where they pay to get some sins forgiven. What is that called? I forget. Um, it's my mind right now, but I know what you mean, like the you, indulgences. Indulgence, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can just pitch the old priest, you know, a couple of hundred dollars and just go out on Friday night and have you a good old time, according to the Catholic doctrine, see. Because he'll just, he'll remit your sin for you, see, because it's apostolic succession. Now, I've already told you that there is something to the line of believers. There's something, okay? There's something that comes all the way down through church history with Bible, I said Bible believing Christianity, okay? That comes right on down through the early martyrs, right on down through the Polyseans, the Bogomiles, the French Huguenots, the Cathari, the Anabaptists. They never were connected to the whore. They're not Protestant. But they all had one thing in common. They believed in a pure and errant word of God, and they believed in salvation by grace through faith. Okay? That's the group I come from.
you never had an opportunity to read, not just read, but check out the historical references in a little bitty booklet called Trail of Blood, you might ought to check that out. I'm sure you could pick it up for a buck, 99 cents somewhere. Or if you know of any Anabaptist churches or policy and churches around, I'm sure they've got it in their vestibule. Just go pick you one up. I didn't say you had to go to church there. They don't believe no Anglo-Israel truth. Go read the book. You might learn something. Okay? Continue on, Brother David. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So he didn't receive the Holy Ghost. See, there won't nobody stop you and and point this out to you, folks. I'm doing it for a reason, okay? Continue on, brother. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Eight days has passed now. You keeping up with the timeline? Eight days passed since he, they received the Holy Spirit. Thomas didn't get it. <laughs> Continue on, brother. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Okay. And What's, do you see the change from don't touch me? I, I have not yet ascended to the Father. All the way down here. To poke your hands in the the wound in my side and in the nail prints in my hands and feet. See? Now, if you you don't have spiritual sense enough to understand what I just told you, you're in the world hurt. Okay? It's a simple, simple, spiritual, scriptural deduction. Okay? It's simple. Scripture was Scripture. I didn't say you're stupid, folks. I don't mean, for if it came across that way, I didn't mean it to, to sound that way. I'm just saying, this, I'm trying to teach you how to read the book. Okay? How to pay, it's not just a bunch of words on the page. It's the living words of the living God. The words that I speak to you, Christ said, they are spirit. They are life. See what I'm saying? I don't know how to paint the picture any different. Those of you that came in the bandwagon thinking it was a bunch of Greek manuscripts and Hebrew manuscripts and tagged one here and there and this ought to be there and that ought to be there, I feel for you, okay? I really do. Because you're going to search everywhere but the Scripture for your revelation and all the revelations in the book. You're going to look at extra canonical texts. You're going to try to uh, try to say this ought to be in the Bible. And that that's where you're going to wind up, see, because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And if I've done nothing for the last three years, I have tried my best to keep you fixated into this book. Because that's where you're going to get your answers. You're not going to get your answers in um, um, the Genesis Apocrypha. 
Some pretty words there, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Book of Enoch, fantastic, interesting stuff. But it ain't the scripture. It's not what the Lord has blessed. It's not what the Lord has put his stamp of approval on for hundreds of years to your people. Okay? Why don't you take that as, why don't you understand what I'm saying? See, I don't get it sometimes of how important that is. Because if you don't have a final authority, folks, I'm going to say it one last time for tonight's program. I said for tonight's program. If you don't have a final authority that supersedes your opinions and ideas, then you don't have an authority at all but your own self. Then you are your own God, and that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And ye shall be as gods. And anybody that steps over that boundary right there, I don't care what you believe. You step over those boundaries, then you have put yourself in a position of God. Whether you know it or not. Remember, it was the tree of knowledge. Okay? That was part of that two-part sin. They eat thereof, you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. Knowledge, knowledge puffeth up, see, but charity edifies. And don't you even think about it. My people perish for lack of knowledge. How much smarter I am now that I got all this book of Barnabas and all this, all that extra canonical BS. It contradicts so much scripture, it's pitiful. And if you got two conflicting sources, if there's no reconciliation with where those sources come from, then you just got a bunch of trash. That's what you got. And you'll sit back and you'll listen to somebody rant and rave and, and talk and bad mouth and, and sound like a, like a sailor. And they have no clue what reconciliation of Scripture is all about. They want to talk about just sinning or Jay Gresham making or, or some kind of BS. Anything but the truth. Anything but the truth. Continue on, Brother David. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed hey, are they. Excuse me just a second, Brother. I need to make this point one more time. I've made it before in programs past, but I'm sure a lot of people took it flippantly or didn't pay any attention to what I was saying. You see that verse where he says, my Lord and my God? Yes. It's in every Greek manuscript of John's gospel that's ever been found. They couldn't touch this one with a touching machine. Nobody. Them Bible rejectors, all the heretics, all the atheists, agnot, that the ones, the, the manuscript lovers that want to, that don't even believe the Bible but want to talk about manuscripts, 
This is one they can't touch because it's in every solitary sap-sucking one of them. Textus Receptus, Alexandrian cult. It's in the Alexandrian manuscripts. It's in every manuscript of John ever found. My Lord and my God. What a statement. Is he your Lord and your God? Is he? Do you know what lordship means? Are you a disciple? Or have you, are you just a, just a disciple of Christ? Are you just a Christian or is he your Lord? See, there's a difference, folks. There's a difference. No, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm Anglo is the truth. Yeah, yeah. Is he your Lord? See? That's what Paul talks about all the time, is him being your Lord, see? Is he the Lord of your life? Or you just got fire insurance, huh? You got some cheap fire insurance, right? Or does he really rule over you as your Lord? Oh yeah, I'm making that judgment. I absolutely am. I'm 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 asking you. You ask yourself. You just got fire insurance? Or is he your Lord? If he's your Lord, why don't you act like it? Continue, Brother David. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that believing ye might have life through his name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, let's hop on back to where we're supposed to be, now that I've ranted and raved over this little bitty stuff. Acts chapter 5, brother, and I think we got down to about verse 19. That's right. Acts chapter 5, verse 19. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought okay. them forth. That's good that we got right here this this verse. The angel of the Lord. It doesn't say an angel of the Lord, folks. I made mention of this the other night, and I'm going to show you why I harp on this. About the theophany of the Old Testament, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord of the Old Testament that was in the one that absolute the one that spoke to Moses from the bush. You did know it was the angel of the Lord, right? You did know that. Turn to Acts chapter twenty. Okay. Verse twenty two. I think it's twenty twenty two. I think I may have that and John twenty twenty two mixed up. Um 
I know it's in Acts 20. Okay. And it says, verse uh, 22, it, And it, now, behold, verse, I go I, bound. It's wrong. It's Acts chapter 27, verse 23. Okay. No, but I ain't either. I, I, I done lost my own. Um, let's see. No, that's it. That's it. 27, 23. Now, I want you to read... Um, Start at twenty twenty and read down to verse twenty three. Want y'all to watch this. Watch the words, okay? See, brother Don's making this stuff up, okay? This is how you. This is how you get the coup de gras, the seal of who the angel of the Lord is. See, this is your seal. Your, your this is the stamp on everything I've just told you in the last three minutes. Start reading, brother David. Acts 27, verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord of God, whose I am and whom I serve. You got that? Now, Paul, if this is just an ordinary angel, Paul's committing idolatry. See what I'm saying? And if you knew the Pauline epistles, you'd know exactly who it is. He says, he is this angels, he belongs, whose I am, and whom I serve. This is his Lord. It ain't Gabriel and it ain't Michael. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. How this, That's just one of those things that we'll never know how, why he does things that way and how he does things that way. We'll never know the answers to that. I'm sure they're here in the book somewhere, but I ain't never found them. You have to take this stuff of what the book says and take it by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him anyway. You don't stand a snowball's chance in hell anyway. That ain't my opinion. <laughs> That's not my opinion at all. I'm just quoting you what the book says in the context where it appears. Hebrews chapter 11. The chapter on faith. Without it, you can't please him. Period. 11.6. Explains what faith is in verse 1 and tells you about it in verse 6. Without it, you can't please him. Anyway, back to um, chapter 5, brother. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go. Stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned. And told, 
saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now let me bring to your attention who's got these apostles in jail. Did you miss it? In verse 21? (laughs) Did you miss it? Who's doing all this persecuting? High priest. Bunch of Edomite Jews? Is that who? Is that, that's all it is? There, of course, there's some of them. But look what the Bible says here in verse 21. It's the Senate of who, Brother David? All the house of Israel. All the children of Israel. Of the children of Israel. Absolutely. That's why it tells you in John 1, he came into his own and his own received him not, folks. I don't care how much you try to get around it. I don't care what you believe. You either got to reconcile it or you got to deal with it or reject it. So that's one thing that's wonderful about the Word of God. It don't give a tinker's damn what you think, see. It expects you to believe what it says. And you can flim-flam and make up doctrines all around it. And and refuse to go to the scriptures that make a lot of this false junk going around a lie. And you can keep on believing a lie. I just keep warning and warning. You can do what you want to do. You can go fishing. You can you can go, go watch television. You can go get drunk. You can do what, go do what you want to do. But if you name the name of Jesus Christ, the big W, you better take heed to the little W. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 24. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people. Sounded like a bunch of politicians to me. <laughs> Always fearing what, uh, talking out of both sides of their mouth. Go ahead, brother. They probably had a lot of reason to fear. Oh yes, the people. Oh, probably did at that yeah. specific time. Yeah, but you know, it's just it goes to show the complacency and uh, the pass- passivity of what we've come to in this country and in Canada. Yes. Fearing people instead of God. That's right. The fear of man bringeth the snare, people. You know, I I don't think I've ever asked this question, but I'll ask it now. Have you ever stopped to spend a little time with just you and the Lord and the devil and ask yourself, what are you willing to die for? What would what what would make you what would make you deny the name of Jesus? What would make what would you do? You know, what are you willing to die for? What's worth dying for? Hmm? 
I mean, it's noble to die for another brother or sister. You know, Paul tells you that. For adventure, a good man would even dare to die for another man, you know. Tells you that in Romans. Chapter 6. But do you ever stop? Do you ever ask yourself those questions? Or are you just hoping it never comes to that? hard to believe it would come to that here again, isn't it? Today, is it hard Is it hard for you to, to get a grip on that? I can see it coming. Oh, absolutely, brother. It's coming. And some of them with the stones will be, There'll be people that call so on called. the name of Jesus. That's right. It'll, it'll sure be some of the ones that call herself your brother. Amen. Yep. You know, this is the kind of stuff you need to be, you need to sit alone and think about and pray about. And if you're a man, you need to make up your mind. See, that's the way men, I said real men do. They make up their mind what they'll do and take a deep breath and do it, come hell or high water. I said real men. What would it take? To get you to renounce your faith. That ain't never going to happen. That just happened in the past. Are you that big a fool? Are you bought into this illustrious lies that's that's being spewed out amongst some of our kindred? Don't you know God requires that which is past and there's nothing new under the sun? See? Pray about that one. What will it take? Your kids? Your love for your family? Let's get a little bit more. Pro- How about your money? What's more important? What's more important? Your car, your house. This is the stuff you need to dwell on, folks. This is what you need to make up in your mind and help pass on to somebody else, you know. You see... God said you need to have some you need to be able to give an account to any man that asks of you of the hope that lieth within you. Now if that hope can be jeopardized by your financial standings, what do you love more? Do you love the Lord Jesus more or do you love your money more? Do you love the Lord Jesus more or do you love your family more? That's tough questions. You need to ask yourself that. Oh, he's just preaching fear. No, I'm not. You have an example in about 13 books that did just that.
That's the kind of stuff you need to hear. See, that's the kind of stuff you need to carry to bed with you. Things like that. Say he's your Lord and Savior, huh? I've recommended it at least 20 times over the last three years. I'll recommend it one more time. I submit to you, if you've never read Fox's Book of Martyrs, you spend a little time reading it. And that's not even the Bible. Here he is recommending a book, two books tonight. That's not the Bible. I didn't say you couldn't learn something from some of that stuff out there. We did a whole program or two, three or four out of the book of Enoch. I didn't say you couldn't learn a little something out of it. I just said it wasn't scripture and shouldn't be held in the same regard. And the fools out there that try to do it, they're just, they're just, they're, they're, they're deceiving their own self to their own destruction. There has to be a final authority, folks. Has to be. Well, mine's the Lord. It is. Well, would you give? Would you? Would you sub give it all for Him? What do you do to show that you do? Well, you don't know my life, hey, folks. I know more about you than you think I know about you. Okay, I know one thing. I know by your silence. All right, you listening to me? I know all about all I need to know about some of you because of your silence when the Word of God's being preached and taught. And somebody upholding the Lord Jesus Christ on the pedestal that he's supposed to be put on. I know a lot about you by your silence. That's to you downloaders. Okay? You can tell a lot about somebody by what they don't say. Not what they say. Man, I'm to say anything. But a lot of times you can tell a lot about a man by what he don't say. A man will talk about what he loves. A woman will talk about what she loves. And yeah, I'm judging. You better believe I am. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. Last verse in 1 Corinthians 1. Now, you need to think about some of this stuff. Today, you've got a whole culture of quote-unquote internet Christianity that ain't got the backbone to go to one place and sacrifice their time and their money for one cause, which is upholding the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. I don't have to wait till the judgment seat of Christ to get for the judgment to come on it because it's done been said. It's in his book and the words can't be broken. These are not just nice little verses. 
that Brother Don quotes. This is the words of the living God. Do you know what a living sacrifice is? See, it's not for you, it's just you to come up with some harebrained something and run around spewing off your knowledge. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God shall man live. I don't care if you're 75 years old. If you ain't done it, bless God, you better get started. The very fact that you breathe in God's air lets you know He still has His grace and His mercy lent out to you. Continue, Brother David. For they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in the name, this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You see? Bring this man's blood upon us, see? They have filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Have you noticed what they're, uh, how they're reproducing kind after kind? Do you notice they're not recruiting? They're producing. You notice they're planting seed? And the seed grows and goes into something else. You see what I'm saying? Folks, queers recruit. Faggots recruit. They can't produce kind after kind. You know, 99% of everybody that I have run across in the last six years while teaching this book and the Anglo-Israel truth, you know what I found? You know what I found the most detrimental thing, the most the most unbiblical thing, and the most troubling thing about the whole Corinthian identicist and Anglo-Israel truth? You, you know what I found one of the most disturbing things? is they recruit. That majority don't reproduce nothing. Said the majority. There's exceptions. They're always trying to take somebody that's done committed to the Lord and trying to drag them off. That's recruiting, folks. That's not reproducing. 
better think about it. You better think about it before you take another step forward about what Brother Don just said. Make sure you're doing both, not the recruiting part, but the reproduction part. We're going to see that all through the book of Acts. We're going to see the reproducing of kind after kind. I know the Lord does it all. You'll never hear me deny about that, okay? But the instrument is you. Continue, Brother David. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. That the God is, of our that, yeah, that, that ought to obey God rather than man. Can you run that to Romans thirteen? I mentioned it the other night, where you're told to obey the powers that be. The scriptural answer for what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to rebel is when any to the the, the straight up scriptural answer is whenever you're asked to do or anything is put on you that is not according to this book. Because if it's God's word and you're obeying it, then you have to choose God's word and obedience to him over anything any man says. And now how are you going to do that unless you know what it says? Simple answer, you're not. Continue, Brother David. Verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Okay, repentance to Israel, forgiveness of sins. Notice he calls the Lord Jesus prince here. He don't have a clue about kingship of the Lord yet. Peter ain't got that revelation. That's given to Paul and later on to John. By the Lord himself. He's king of kings and lord of lords, folks. Verse 32, brother. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Okay, that given to them, God gives to them that obey him. That obey him how? By getting baptized in water? Hmm? That's the way it that's where it actually was in Acts two. That's exactly the way it was in Acts two. No doubt about it. For that period of time, to that bunch, absolutely. And we're going to find out as we go through here. He gives the Holy Ghost. Ain't got nobody obeying squat. Okay? <laughs> and going, it's going to go right on over. It's going to expand right on through the book of Acts. Right out into the doctrinal book of Romans. Continue, Brother David. Verse 33. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Oh, they were bad. Remember the ones in Acts 2? They were pricked in the heart, and they what shall we do? These are pricked in the heart, and they want to kill them. Ah, yes. 
Continue, brother. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel. That's Gamaliel. That's Gamaliel. And you've heard me, folks, make reference to this many times, if you've been with me for any length of time at all. I take, on a lot of things, I take the Gamaliel method. You've heard me say that. Apply the Gamaliel method. Now, you're fixing to see what that is. This is Paul's personal teacher, the great Gamaliel. Okay? Paul sat under the feet of Gamaliel for years. Israelite. I take this approach to the Gamaliel approach to quite a bit. And you've heard me make reference to it. Well, let's find out what it is. Continue, Brother David. Named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. Read that. Start over again. Read it one more. Read it again. Go ahead. And said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thudius, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up a Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. Absolutely. That's wisdom speaking, folks. Now, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, you can break it down and figure out what I mean by taking the Gamaliel approach, okay? Continue, brother. Verse 40. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Oh, yes. Enter the doctrine of Christian suffering. (laughs) Ah, yes. Dial through or go to wherever you go. But see how many will teach you that doctrine. I'll tell you, I'll go one step further than that. You can start on the east coast of North America and go to the west coast. Just just find out how many assemblies or fellowships or just find find the ones that teach you that doctrine. Used to be everywhere. Not anymore. It's here. 
I know of a few more places, but it's very, very few. Most of them, people bitching, moaning, groaning, gripe about every little thing in the world. Think about that stuff. Tonight's lesson had been all that doctrinally profound. It's been personal. That's the way the Lord wanted it to be. Some of it even hadn't hadn't been a verse of Scripture quoted. But it's scriptural. That's what I want to leave with you tonight. It's one thing to spout off the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's another thing for him to actually be your Lord. Why do you think the Apostle Paul was so adamant with those Corinthians? Worst church he dealt with. The most carnal bunch of believers he dealt with. The assembly was full of believers and non-believers. How do I know that? Because what Paul says. Examine yourselves. Whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate? That's one of the scariest verses. It shouldn't be scary. It shouldn't be scary at all if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Not if you've had a personal encounter. You know, it was a personal encounter that slew old Paul that put him down on the road to Damascus. Yeah, that was Paul. I got you there. Brother David, turn to 2 Timothy 1. I got you there. You ought to knew this was coming. See, it's personal. And his is in the the example that is personal. And he tells you the very thing, that very thing. I think it's down around verse 12, brother, you'll see where Paul explains that his the way he was he was converted it was a pattern that anybody everybody that should hereafter believe they were supposed to go by his pattern. It's in the first it's in chapter one of either first Timothy or second Timothy. I forget what verse it's down around twelve to sixteen in second Timothy one or first Timothy one. I presume it's second Timothy one. I may be wrong. Um, I think it's... I'm telling you, folks, they'll lie to you out there. They'll lie to you. I'll go to Second Timothy. It's in chapter oh, first 1. Timothy. I tell you what, I'll go to Second Timothy, you go to First Timothy, okay? I'm actually in First uh, Timothy right now. So. Okay, I'm in Second Timothy. It's down around between verse 12, let's see. Oh, there, there, the name of the Lord. Yeah, it's First Timothy. Okay, First Timothy. Okay. I'll start at verse 
15. Okay. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ now, well, might well, I want you to slow down, brother. I want you to slow mm-hmm. down. Read that verse again. Listen to the words, folks. Listen to what he says. Don't read it like a don't, I'm not I'm talking, not talking to you, brother. Don't don't let it come in like a blurb. Listen to the words. Start again, brother. Yes. Verse 16. How be it, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first... First. First. What does the word first? What does the word first? That tells you there's second, third, fourth, and he's going to tell you that in the rest of the verse. Say, continue, brother. That in me first, Jesus Christ might shew forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. A pattern to the ones that henceforth. That means from that moment forward that should believe on him to life everlasting. Individual. From that moment forward from what moment forward? In me first. Now you know where the body started. Ha! <gasps> huh. I don't understand it all. It's a great mystery, folks. But I'm just telling you, that's where it started. I can hear some of my brethren hollering, Heresy! <laughs> ah, yes. They claim, a lot of them claim to believe the book. They don't believe the book. (laughs) Paul just told you that from the moment he was converted, everyone from that moment forward, because he was the first one, his conversion was a pattern to everyone that should believe hereafter. Hmm. With no baptism according to Acts 2.38 either. (laughs) Anyway. Any questions in the chat room? No, sir. Okay. No questions. Then, uh, Lord willing and health permitting, and I mean health permitting because the day's been rough. Praise God. I'm running on fumes now. But, Lord willing, we'll meet back tomorrow night, and we will pick up here in the last verse and go into chapter 6. We're fixing to get into the meat. We're fixing to get into some uh, swinging things now. It's from chapter 6 onward, and especially chapter 7, where we make a division, a big division, okay, in Acts chapter 7. I've done primed you for it, been warning you about it, talking about it for going on three years. We're going to get there, and I'm going to state the case when we get to the end of the message that's... Uh, Stephen's going to preach. Anyway, Brother David, you got anything? Oh, you don't want me to read that uh, verse 42, right? Yeah, now? go ahead and read verse 42. And Okay. Uh, Acts five forty-two, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, that's a good verse. Read it again. And daily in the temple... Okay. And in every house. In the house, see, that you, we're going to find out later they went from the temple house to house again. We're going to see two or three witnesses about this, okay, throughout this book. 
You say, yeah, that was then. Folks, if y'all buy into that, let me give you an example, okay? Some of these, let me show you how fluid the words, of, how living the words of God are, all right? I'm just going to explain it to you because I know where some of you folks come from. I know some of, some of you program-hopping folks, okay? You hear all this stuff about these Greek words. You know what, when it talks about the world and in a bunch of different places, and sometimes the word can mean different things in the Greek, well, in one in a few places, it's talking about just the known world. That's what the scriptures are talking about in that historical context. But see, the word of God is living. As everything expands, God's word expands as well. It's just as applicable today as it was when it was just talking about the Roman Empire. So much for Mr. Greeker out there, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying, David? Am I making it clear? Yes, you are. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time tonight to spend around your precious book. Lord, I pray that you take the things that's been said, especially the personal stuff, Lord. Deal with the hearts and minds. May your Holy Spirit convict where conviction's needed, exhort where exhortation's needed, comfort where comfort's needed, the way the Comforter does. We thank you. We thank you so much, Father for everything you've done for us. We thank you for this day that we can draw breath. We thank you that we're able to eat, stand up. There's a lot of folks out there that love you that are not able to do that, and they still give you praise. Thank you we can still walk in an upright position, that we've got people that care for us, whether they be flesh and blood or brothers and sisters, spiritual brothers and sisters. We thank you for that. We thank you for all the bad stuff that's happened in our life, Father, because it's all part of a purging and growing process till we become that one new man in Christ Jesus, that purging and perfecting process. We thank you for everything, even when we're in we're on the rack, when things are not going well, when we're in some kind of emotional or physical pain. We thank you so much for that because we know what your book says. That is part of our growing process. We love you, Lord. I want to see you soon. For it's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray all these things, and for his sake alone. Amen and amen. Yes, in Jesus' name, amen. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. That's 334-397-2333. The email address is joydon1953 at yahoo.com. Mailing address 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D, 
one. Louisville Street is spelled L-O-U-I-S-E-V-I-L-L-E. That's Clio, Alabama, and the zip code is 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much, Brother David. Great job. Great job tonight. Great job, Brother Kevin. I appreciate all you folks being there in the chat room. God bless each and every one of you. May the Lord Jesus Christ rule and reign in your life. That's my prayer. Amen. Good night, Amen. Good night, guys. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, all. Bye-bye.